Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Riot. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? It's our Halloween episode, Ryan. You <laughs> can't certain... start off with the same <laughs> intro as usual. That's true. Uh, how, how's it going, Halloween, Quincy? How's your Halloween week going? It's it's Halloween. lovely Halloween, Ryan. How are yeah. you doing? <laughs> God damn it! I see. The thing is, we we were talking before. Like, we feel like we haven't done enough spooky Halloween shit at this point in the Halloween season. And and here's the thing: I have consumed more than two liters of Brisk's symbiotic dark cherry limeade, which is the the venom tie-in drink for <laughs> Halloween. That should make me feel like I've done my uh-huh. due diligence, but still, it doesn't feel enough. You've been doing your Halloween activities. So wait, so how did you how did you come across the symbiotic? Well, our good friends at Brisk sent me a case. <laughs> and Just for free? Yeah, because um, Tennessee is not in the distribution zone for dark cherry. Um, Limeade. Symbi- First of all, they use symbiotic as an adjective, like that's not an, a real word in English, and it doesn't <laughs> right. mean something totally different than a, a consumable <laughs> beverage product. But right. um, yeah, I tweeted them and said um, their store locator was was broken on their website because I literally went out of my way to go to the one gas station in Tennessee within reasonable driving range that had it right. and they did not so mm-hmm. they were kind enough to um give me a case of it and so is it, it's, is it is it worth the wait um so so it is like venom itself adequate <laughs> it's it's fine so the problem is it's half and half it's supposed to be an arnold palmer but instead of lemonade uh-huh. it's supposed to be limeade the ratio is off, so it just tastes like caffeinated limeade. Oh man! So, there, so like the the dark cherry aspect is like this is like if the symbiote was uh, ex- exactly one floppy bucket hat that Eddie Brock wore, and it was an evil bucket hat. It's actually blood red, like it looks like stage blood. So it really should be carnage symbiotic dark cherry limeade. <laughs> Right, but since Although that I, movie isn't out, and since um, child serial killers aren't a thing that you want to s- associate brisk iced tea with, um, I mean, you know, speak for yourself. <laughs> That's I, I, you know, honestly, here's the thing: if there were like a child serial killer. Uh, if, like, if that were part of the marketing, I would be like, oh, man, that's really weird and fucked up. I don't get it at all. Yes, I will have one. And then just, like, quietly, like, I don't I don't know. I gotta know. You know? I just gotta know. Have you eaten the Burger King Nightmare Burger? I have. Is that, are, are you talking about the one with the, uh, the black uh, bun? It's green, but it's also been scientifically proven to give you nightmares. Wait, are you shitting me? They did a double-blind study. And Whoa. people that ate the burger had more bad dreams than people that didn't eat the burger. That's fucking incredible. Is there is there a chemical like this? Sounds like the fucking scarecrow fear toxin. So so apparently the scarecrow fear toxin is beef plus fried chicken plus bacon on one <laughs> burger. Primarily meat based, the fear toxin. It's you, you really want to get the meat right because otherwise they'll just they want to have bad dreams. They'll just have like confusing dreams where they're like in math class and everyone's laughing at their dick or something. And it's just like, well, okay. I mean, that's maybe not a nightmare, but definitely a weird dream. So we just got a press release in our email right before we hit record, and I've have to report, Cult Epics has done it again. They've what literally they found in a warehouse a box of. VHSs from 1999 and because they're geniuses they are repackaging them and selling them at a premium oh shit that's 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 the dream actually is just like find a box of cursed VHSs in a warehouse and then put them in fancy new boxes and turn a profit which by the way who are these fucking I, who are these people who are leading the life that I want to live where I'm just like discovering shit in warehouses like look it's a box full of VHS tapes yeah also uh they're releasing box sets the movie is pig it's nico b's um 
first ah. uh, film. Also, mm-hmm. it stars Roz Williams in his final acting role. Weird. I wasn't aware that that was Roz Williams' last movie. Yeah, it is the last project. So it's the last thing he worked on. Not even Christian Death. Like, the last thing he worked on before he died was Pig. Which, uh, the, the Museum of Death uh, in Los Angeles actually has uh, some paraphernalia from Roz Williams, who, of course, uh, for those those of our listeners who might not be super familiar with the Death Rock scene... Uh, wait a minute, the, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> Is anyone that listening to this not familiar with goth music? <laughs> with the uh, seminal Death Rock band Christian Death? Uh, the band that gave us songs like Spiritual Cramp, uh, Romeo's Distress, you know? Those classic tunes that everybody knows? <laughs> Um, and yeah, he, uh, apparently what he, what was, was it he, anyway, yeah, he, uh, tragic, you know, tragically, uh, what he died young. He died at what? 29, I want to say. Yeah. He died um, in 98. Yeah. 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 N- yeah. 79 to 98. Google tells me. So yeah. So this is his final role. Final anything. Yeah. I wasn't aware that he did acting actually. <laughs> like this is. Well, he, he was in big. Um, well, because he said Roz you, Williams, and I was like, surely not that Roz Williams. No, no yeah. that Roz that Williams. That Roz Williams. So, Ryan, for a paltry $25, you can crawl <laughs> into your VHS hole, the pit where you keep your VCR and your grainy television, and watch uh, Roz Williams. You know, I, I feel like if you if you uh, are out here in 2018 uh, rocking a VHS player and uh, a small grainy TV... The proper venue for that is a hole. You should be viewing it in a hole. Like, you shouldn't be watching this in your living room with your loved ones and all the lights on. Like, you should basically be like the video editor guy from fucking Sinister and just toiling in the dark. Yeah, so pre-orders are open on cultepics.com, and there's a limit of 50 of these tapes, which I believe is the sum total of all the tapes they found in the, the box. Hell yeah. Holy shit. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, um, it's so, amazing. Uh, holy shit. So what uh, What have you been uh, reading or consuming or uh, in in uh, any other way uh, doing this, we- uh, this, this fine almost Halloween week? Well, I'm happy you asked me that because I've been watching DuckTales on the Disney Now app because the entirety of season one is now free without a cable login on Disney Now. Man, honestly, you are uh, the biggest, I think, DuckTales superfan I know. Like, you you single-handedly make me want to consume all of DuckTales. Okay, so here's a reason why, if you have not watched the the DuckTales reboot, you need to. You know the Beagle Mm -hmm. Boys? Yeah. So, in the new season of DuckTales, a new Beagle Boy brother is introduced. He's a magician, and his name is Black Arts Beagle. I'm sorry, his name is Black Arts Beagle? Yeah, like the Black Arts magic. Two things. I heard Black Arts Beagle in my head to the tune of Cat Scratch Fever, like, Black Arts Beagle! <laughs> and then also, uh, that that sounds like Black Art Spiegel, like the guy who did Mouse. Yeah, yeah. No, Black Arts Beagle. Beagle. Cool. Okay. And so his thing is that he's of, a, a wit. He's he's a, he's a full time witchcraft. Yeah, he's a full time witch, except he's not very good at it. He has swoopy yeah. goth rock hair, and instead of the domino mask that all the Beagle Boys wears, he just has eyeliner. <laughs> and his dog. So he's ears like a rascally bandit with big rings. Oh my god. And he wears fingerless gloves. Oh, and a skull cape. So his thing is that he's not very good at doing a Satan? Yes, Like, he's exactly. just sort of... I see. Oh my yeah. god. And wait, so yeah. is this the same series that has Magicka Dispel? Yes, exactly the same series that has Magicka Dispel. <laughs> so, oddly enough, DuckTales super into some Satan shit, I'm noticing. Actually, we need to, to rank a significant number of DuckTales episodes on this show. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited. The same show where we've done Audition 
and, you know, a cat in the brain and all of this really transgressive crazy shit, we will absolutely figure out, like, all right, so is Body Melt better or worse than this episode of DuckTales? But hopefully by the time you all hear this, um, also all of the Halloween Disney Channel original movies are free right now on the Disney Now app. And I'm pretty sure in November they'll take those off. So hopefully you have, like, a day or two when this airs to binge Twitches and Twitches 2. See, Disney Channel Halloween just reminds me of when I was a kid and, you know, when you would uh, gotten back to the house uh, at the end of the night with your, like, pillowcase or hefty bag full of candy. And, you know, you would generally, it was like the Disney Channel was on, so you're, like, watching sort of, like, a haunting we will go or something while you're not really paying attention and going snout deep in some Reese's. Yeah. My favorite, um, I'm, full disclosure, I am a Nickelodeon child, not a Disney Channel child. Oh, same, completely. Um, Disney Channel was still premium cable when I was growing up, so, like, we did not yeah. have that extra money for that channel. But Agreed. Nickelodeon used to do this dial-in show on Halloween where you would call, and if you had a touchpad phone, you could hit the button to open the specific doors, and and you could win prizes. Oh. Do you remember this, or am I making it up? Yeah, it, it, no, you're right. It was like a CGI suburb. It yes. was like a town that you could walk through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never Holy got shit. to do that, just like I never got to go on a toy run, just like I never got... My biggest life regret is I was never on any Nickelodeon game show. Oh, yeah, the one that I always wanted to be on, which also, same, my, my mom, um, the pretty much the entire reason she got cable was because my brother and I would not stop bothering her about wanting to get Nickelodeon. Um, and so this was, you know, she, this was, we were also broker than shit, but it was like, well, they won't stop whining about wanting to watch fucking Salute Your Shorts or whatever the fuck, so sure. Um, which the show has that I, uh, the Plumber Pete, the scariest moment yes. in television history the uh the show that i always wanted to be on when i would watch nickelodeon as a kid was uh, legends of the hidden temple yes oh man it was like and in my little like a uh, uh, sugar addled uh, 80 adhd um child brain um i i understood it to be like you will literally live in like 16-bit world and just be walking around in a world that is a video game um, and also with Legends of the Hidden Temple, it was the bit, the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Oh, god damn that monkey. The, uh, there was always some kid that would put the head on the bottom and you're like, you idiot. I am eight years old and I'm furious. <laughs> like, they would always just so, fuck it up. I went to the Spirit Halloween um, a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. one of the costumes available is a Legends of the Hidden Temple team set. Ryan, they're just stickers. Oh, shit. You just what? buy silver monk. You just buy you know green parakeet stickers and slap them on your green T-shirt, and you're a oh. Legends of the Hidden Temple kid. So clearly, we need to do that. The other thing we need to do is uh, I fe- I realized we haven't ranked or done any episode so far on the podcast of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, that is a um, big tragedy. Um, they're on Earth th- apparently. They're all on YouTube as well. Like, you can pretty much find whatever episode you want. Although, also, there's another thing that I did uh, uh, last week, which, you know that thing when it's um, 9 o'clock on a Tuesday, you're fucking off on Netflix, you're avoiding doing work, and you you sort of just find something on Netflix, and you're like, you know what? Sure, let's do this. Um, that was me with the show Goosebumps, because, like, I... <laughs> I had watched Goosebumps when I was a kid, and also, um, God bless social media for reminding me of how much that theme fucking slaps. Like, it's, it's an extremely good theme. You mean fucking slappies? Uh, that dubbing scared the shit out of me as a kid. Um, I, so, I, I watched the episode, uh, uh, Horror, what was it, Welcome to Horror Land? Where it's, like, this family gets lost and they end up in, like, a horror-themed, uh, amusement park. This show, it's not important. The important thing here, there is a ghoul in this who is, like, canonically flamboyantly gay. And That's good. the show just leans, yeah, the show just leans into that. And there's one bit where they're like, wait, you're not going to eat us? And, and they say in, like, a, a cartoonishly, like, effeminate voice, like, oh, honey, we're monsters, but we're not, you know, monsters. And it's like, who is this for? And, you know, you know, you know what the answer is? Me, confused queer child watching Goosebumps. So um, I actually this is going to be wild, but I never consumed Goosebumps as a child. Oh, it's very bad. It's all very bad. The book, the TV show, like it was it was always the kids bop version 
of like, are you afraid of the dark? Because like, are you afraid of the dark? Wasn't afraid to fucking drop some shit on you. Like, it wasn't yeah. afraid to traumatize you. And I feel like it, Goosebumps was always sort of, yeah, kind of a kid show. Because Are You Afraid of the Dark has a child ghost that froze to death and all it wants is a coat. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> Alright, the, the fucking two things. One, even, I, I sort of miss being able to be that easily spooked, where, like, you could watch the intro to Are You Afraid of the Dark as a kid and get spooked from, like, ah, it's a boat with no one in it washing up on a shore and some shutters on oh, a window. that is run to the back of the house and ask your mom to go in and change the channel. <laughs> and call God, you I, when it's done. I feel like we might have actually been the same kid. Um, but there's that, but then also <laughs> that, that pilot episode with uh, Zebo the Clown, where it's the kid who steals the clown nose from the statue in the fun house and then like the clown stalks this kid and a balloon inflates under a door and it's yeah so to wit are you afraid of the dark uh, extremely good yes uh goosebumps yeah take it or leave it so ryan <laughs> not what not have so much you've been up to in this blessed season of our lord the pumpkin uh... Well, I tell you what, uh, our, our Lord the Great Pumpkin, I um, have honored this Halloween season by, last weekend we went out to go see the new uh, Halloween movie, what they have in the theaters right now. Um, it is just fucking outstanding. Uh, I honestly, it's, um, we, we, which was weird though, because we saw it at this uh, weird theater that had um, sort of big comfy chairs that reclined, and that was like half the size of a normal theater, so I'm like stretched out next to a family of four watching a new Halloween, which by the way, there was this one family that had their tiny child coming in to see the new Halloween movie. And like, like, like baby, because I get like an infant. You can't get a, get a babysitter or like, or like, Oh no, my guy, we're talking like six years old. No, this kid. Yes. Yes. And it reminded me of back in, all right, back in 2003, uh, when uh, I went to go see uh, the new, uh, the reboot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, with a couple of my shithead goblin friends, and there was this one mom who, like, brought her equivalently young child, who was, like, six or seven, in to go see the new Texas Chainsaw, and 15 minutes in, this kid is crying and blubbering and weeping, and they are so fucking scared, and... Like, I'm sitting there with my dirtbag friends. All of us are making dead baby jokes because it's 2003. Like, we're we're garbage. And even we are looking over at this mother and making what the fuck are you doing hands. <laughs> and, like, the mom is, like, berating this kid. And they're like, would you shut up, you little shit, and trying to watch the movie? And it's like, motherfucker, get a babysitter. What are you doing? Um, although, now, and Christina pointed this out. Fair. Like, you know... Maybe uh, somebody going to go see Halloween doesn't want to leave their kid with a babysitter. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, now, that, to that would be make fair, um, my dad took me to see Shadow of the Vampire in the theater. Okay. And that was the movie. That was, that That is a movie to see with your dad <laughs> when you're just entering puberty. <laughs> Oh no! What was I? I don't think I've seen Shadow of the Vampire. Oh shit! John Malkovich and Willem Dafoe. It's the movie oh version. never mind. I have seen it's, that. It's the behind the scenes of Nosferatu, except Willem Dafoe is an actual vampire. That's right. I was thinking. Uh, I, I think I was thinking of uh, Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage, which I, which I still need to see. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that yeah. either. Um, but so Willem Dafoe, who is canonically a vampire, I think we can all agree. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's no makeup. It's just they they said like. <laughs> show up on the scene but like that that and enemy of the gates are my burned in my mind you know watching boobs on the silver screen and trying to like get underneath my theater chair so i didn't have to sit next to my dad oh man that's honestly i think the worst uh, example of like white knuckling it through a movie that i've had with a family member was um my mom and i rented the libertine when I was a teenager, because, you know, we liked a bit of the old Johnny Depp back in the day, and, uh, you know, it was like, oh, it's old-timey, and sort of, we like to believe that we're fancy, so yeah, let's watch The Libertine. Um, very, a very bad movie to watch with your mom, because <laughs> especially when the dildos come out, it's, it's, it's fucking weird, man. 
Um, oh man. But yeah, like Enemy at the Gates. I also what what the fuck? I also saw that movie as a kid and then never again. And I've never heard anybody reference Enemy at the Gates. Yeah, it is one of those movies <laughs> that I fuck? think our entire generation saw, and that. So Rachel Vice has sex with it's Jude Law. And yeah. she cries because his dick is too big, and they're fucking in a sleeping bag. Yeah, in a sleeping bag. I remember her butt crack. Yeah, yeah. And she, like, oh, starts wow. weeping because it's like, but not like I'm sad because I'm Russian and this is World War Two. <laughs> I'm sad it's because like, I'm Russian. I'm sad because you're tearing me. Fuck me. Which is just a wonderful thing for a whole generation of people to just sit awestruck in the theater going like why is this happening so uh let's talk about something pure and delightful <laughs> like hocus pocus <laughs> <laughs> yeah and not sad russian sucks after um, we've said tearing me <laughs> on recording <laughs> which Jesus, side note what? here actually before we get into hocus pocus oh my god so enemy at the gates and also um you know what the first movie uh, i ever saw on a date my first ever date uh, in seventh grade um, with uh, a young a young girl from from my church that was in the same grade as me in seventh grade, and we went and saw the skulls uh, with Joshua Jackson. And I think he it, he was an actor at one point in time. <laughs> Surely he was. I also just watched Urban Legend, and Joshua Jackson fucking pops up like, oh cool, Pacey from Dawson's Creek is here. Um, and that movie, I also have not heard anybody say shit about the skulls after that. But yeah, that was the first movie I ever saw in a theater with a date. Wonderful. <laughs> so all, all of you, all of you fucking kids out there who get to go see like Happy Death Day or whatever with your classmates on a date, be grateful. Cherish it. Movies, cherish it. <laughs> you cherish it. You don't have to watch fucking Joshua Jackson on screen. So anyway, so Hocus Pocus. I had never seen Hocus Pocus before. Oh, I just want you to talk to me about walk me through this because it is. Oh man, it's wonderful. It's it's. It's perfect. Now, the first thing I noticed about Hocus Pocus is the fucking uh, John Williams ass score on this movie. Yeah, like it is. It is just whimsical and full of childlike glee. A lot of like sort of like soaring uh, violins, sort of you know, telling you that everything is actually full of wonder. And also, it feels now. All right, there. We need to come up with a term. It's intangible, but I know it when I see it. When something is Halloween as fuck. Like, oh, it's it just is soaked the in the spirit Halloween. of Halloween. Yeah, the most Halloween. Like, it's like the movie Trick or Treat, where it's like, I I didn't like it at first, and then I was like, oh, no, it's just, this is saturated in the, in the feeling of Halloween. Like, okay, so obviously, this is a movie about three witches, played by uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and another person as well. Kathy so many actors in this movie. Um, Kathy and Jamie, thank you. Um, let's just get this out of the way. Sarah Jessica Parker does not need to be in this motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, she, she makes this motion picture. <laughs> she, I feel like Sarah Jessica Parker... Now, they're obviously going for, like, I think, Mother Maiden Crone or something, where it's, like, the Furies, like, these, these three witches. Um, I feel like Sarah Jessica Parker is the Michelle Williams to uh, Sarah Jessica Parker or to um, Bette Midler's Beyoncé. I, I see that. I want to say that that's right. However, so, but it's, man, Bette Midler is so fucking great in this movie. Also, that accent is just delightful. She's got the buck teeth. She's got fucking showmanship. Like, honestly, I cannot picture anybody in this role except for Bette Midler. Yeah. Bette Midler is very good. Um, And how do you feel about Billy Butcher? Billy Butcher, I'm furious that I never dressed up as Billy Butcher when I was a teenager, because if I had seen this at the time, I would have wanted to be Billy Butcher so bad. Also, Quincy, I need you to give it to me straight. Do people want to fuck Billy Butcher? Um, I want to say I have seen, you know, we're in an era where, like, instead of wearing brunch sweatshirts, people have Hocus Pocus sweatshirts. Like, it's gotten <laughs> right. old enough that we're we're in that era. Like the other day, um, I was at the uh, art museum, and mm-hmm. a mom was like a, a harried mom was wearing her Squad Goals Sanderson Sisters shirt. Holy shit! Yeah, and That's she amazing. had like a seven year old. So it, I desperately want a Sanderson Sisters Squad Goals T shirt. Oh yeah, um, or. A better one would be Squad Ghouls. 
Squ- uh, squad, yeah, squad. Goals. I have a um, Winnie, a Winnie Sanderson um, keychain that I bought this season. Um, at this and Winnie, Winnie, of course, being Bette Midler's character. Yes, yes. So yeah, people want to people want to bone um, bone boy. Uh, Billy Butcher. <laughs> right, as they should. I think people um, also want to bone Binks, though, so... Yeah! Take that yeah so Thackeray Binks uh, starts out this movie uh, in a, a flowy poet-ass shirt before getting turned <laughs> into a cat. The most poet uh, And he's shirt. just... Yeah, and he's just like, hey, nani nannying all over the goddamn place at the beginning of the thing, because it's in, in like, old times. It's during can, the I, Salem I, witch trials. Yeah, it's during the... It's, all right, so it takes place in Salem. Uh, and the main character of the thing, who certainly has a name, uh, the teenage boy in this, it's, who it's I now just think Binks. of... It, that's his actual name. Wait, wait, I thought Thackeray Banks was the, the cat. Yeah, but he's the boy. He gets turned into a cat. Oh, no, yeah, no, I'm thinking of uh, the other, the, the main character who's from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, oh, cool kid. Uh, I don't know what his informed. name is. Who, who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. Fuck that kid. Uh, so Hollywood, I keep thinking of it because um, you basically. So there's this kid who's from Los Angeles, and he all comes I know to is Salem, his name is not Ice, which is the name of the bully. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Ice. Which all right. So this kid gets bullied by these two classmates, um, one of whom looks like he plays bass for like Ugly Kid Joe or something. <laughs> he does. And the other one who is um, God, he's been in fucking everything. He was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a jock. Um, he, uh, his name is Ice, which he, you know because he has the word Ice shaved into the back of his head. They're basically Bulk and Skull from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, where they just show up and you can just sort of hear the tuba noise, like, and they, um, are ridiculous. Now, the Los Angeles kid, there's a moment that I love at the beginning of this movie where the, uh, the Los Angeles kid has just moved to Salem and his teacher is fucking full-on hoo-hawn around about some witches like this is a class and she's just like yeah fucking witches she's like doing cartwheels and slapping these kids in the face and just screaming about witches and then you get um cool kid from los angeles going yeah all of this is bullshit and then you get this like sort of chain letter like you know you know like christian chain letters about where it's like some kid stands up in class and they're like, I don't believe in God. And then the professor is like, but if God doesn't exist, how can I do this cool trick with my hands? And the kid's like, no, I've been foiled. Um, <laughs> and that's basically cool kid from Los Angeles where he's like, this was, a, you know, Halloween was invented by the candy company. And then you get his um, hot female classmate being like, actually, it's from All Hallows Eve. Oh, and everyone like slaps the tray out of his hand and fucking points at him. And it's like, and that girl's name was Albert Einstein Jr. And it's, um, so it's great. Uh, holy shit, this movie. So I, I've got to know, speaking of Ernie Ice, uh, <laughs> Ernie what? Ice. What hairstyle from your life would you least want to be Kirsten Dunstead, which is interview of a vampire, you turn into a vampire, and you're stuck with that hairstyle for the rest of your life? Like, that's you frozen with that hairstyle forever. I would say it's it's one of two at very different points in my life. It was either when I was, like, seven or eight, and I had a rat tail for a hot minute. Of course you had a rat tail. I was in my acid wash jean jacket. My Mickey Mouse t-shirt, my rat tail. Either that or the haircut I had in mid-college where it was like a very curly Shirley Temple slash Prince Valiant haircut (laughs) that came down to about my chin. And I mostly looked like Jack White's nervous sister. (laughs) And it looked very bad. Like, I see see photos from that time period now and I'm like, oh, kiddo, you wanted to be Davey Havoc so bad. But... You overshot it, and it's it's just it's it's bad. It's it's because it was that, and my little vertical eyebrow facial hair it was like the little soul patch thing that kept going. Um, it was just this. It was very very bad. So what about you? What what well, hairstyle would you least want preserved? Well, I've literally only had three hairstyles my entire life, so probably <laughs> right. the first one. <laughs> oh man, wait, didn't we, I? I want to say that you were rocking a bowl cut in high school. Yes, I literally had a bowl cut from age like three till. 17 <laughs> extremely good extremely powerful i feel like i'm not good with change ryan it terrifies me 
<laughs> yeah, this is, um, honestly, I feel like I keep looking at my scalp and going like, any day now, motherfucker, you're starting to get a little thin. The moment I become noticeably balding, I'm shaving the whole thing off, and I feel like I'm in this, like, just barely in-between period where I can tell that I'm on the cusp of it, but, motherfucker, I'm ready. I am ready to buzz my whole melon. I keep talking to my barber like, hey man, when it gets thin, like, don't let me keep my hair long. And like every time <laughs> I go in, I'm like, give me a haircut haircut that acknowledges my how far back my hairline is. And he's like, you got right. it, chief. But <laughs> and you're like, don't do, don't do me any favors, man. Like the moment you can tell I'm going bald, just fucking let me down hard. <laughs> like so, just just tell me my time has come. So can we talk about how Thora Birch says the word yabos in this movie? <laughs> Thora Birch says the word yabos. So this is, I gotta tell you, um, Disney's Hocus Pocus. This movie is much hornier than I was anticipating. <laughs> it is the horniest very, Disney movie. It's, it's an extremely horny Disney movie. So obviously you've got Los Angeles who is like going through uh, uh, aggressive puberty every moment he is on screen. Weaponized, like, if you will. He is... Uh, just about to break out in pimples. He's got a constant boner that I assume leads him everywhere in this movie like a dowsing rod. You've got the witches who, listen, the Sanderson sisters, fuck. <laughs> they do. They definitely fuck. They, there is a scene in here, I, this is, I think, my favorite scene in the entire movie. Um, so the Sanderson sisters have wound up in the present day and they're looking for, for children to do like nefarious witch shit with. And they're, like, baffled by the modern era because they were um, trapped. Or, like, they, what, did they go into hibernation during the Salem Witch Trials? They get trapped in the candle. That's right. They That's get, right. They get trapped, they as get, happens with um, candles. hanged, and their spirits get trapped because they, you know, have, basically, they, they made a save point. And when you uh, light the candle, <laughs> they reboot. Right, so they, they, yeah, they, they uploaded themselves to the cloud of this candle, and then so they're in the modern day, and they're, like, sort of horrified by modern things like cars and other cars and cars with sirens on them, but at one point, a bus pulls up, and the door opens, and a very horny bus driver is like, hey, you fucking witches, and they're like, yeah, and he's like, you want to get in my sex bus, and they're like, fuck yeah, we do, so they pile on. They, what follows is like three minutes of uncut sexual tension between three Sarah Jessica witches Parker and a crusty bus in his lap face to face with him. Dude, she is riding that broomstick for like two minutes on screen. And I'm like, how did this guy not wreck the bus? Yeah, I'm, I'm, everybody on this bus definitely fucks. And so they, (laughs) and these witches being evil and like wanting to like eat little kids or whatever the fuck. I kept thinking like, okay, any moment they're going to turn this bus driver into a toad or like grind his bones up and like snort it like cocaine Indeed not. They, he parks, and Sarah Jessica Parker gets off, and she's like, ha and he's like, hey, can I get your number? And she's like, you, thou wouldst not like to see me in the morning. He like, oh, he's like, oh, yes, I wouldst. And then Bette Midler is like, no, you wouldst. And then they get off, and he's like, ha And then they make eyes at each other, and it's like, look, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> like, this movie is so fucking horny. Everybody in this movie wants to smash. And then um, there's and then a dance get... number set to, I put a spell on you. <laughs> Yeah, I put a spell on you, which I'm, I'm like, watching... Now, here's the thing. I'm watching Bette Midler do I put a spell on you, and I'm like, Bette Midler is Winnie Sanderson can get it. Like, this is... I don't know what's happening. I think it's that I... I'm. Here's my question. If I had watched Hocus Pocus as a small child, would I have picked up on how ambiently horny this fucking movie is? I it's feel a very like... horny movie. So, full disclosure, I also did not watch this as a child because I mistook it for the Roald Dahl film The Witches. And oh, I was like, fuck. all childhood movies w- with witches are traumatizing because I saw like five seconds of a child being turned into a rat and couldn't sleep for five years. So, Man, same. I watched this as an adult. Um, so, I can't give you a pre take, but surely. Everybody can mm. pick up on the the palpable sex in this movie. <laughs> it's just all over the. It's it's Halloween sex. There's that, and then also it becomes a plot point that a cool LA kid is a virgin. Now, 
he gets made fun of in a Disney movie for still being a virgin, and he's like 15. By um, his kid I, sister. Yeah, his kid's sister is like, ah, you're a virgin. He's like, shut up. And it's like... By the, I, the, what, by the immortal black cat. <laughs> yeah, the immortal black cat is like clowning this kid for not having gotten his dick wet. His kid sister, who says the word yabos, is like, yeah, you have, you've never fucked. And it's like... I'm watching, you know, I'm watching this on the Disney Channel, probably. I'm 10 years old, and I'm like, ha, look at the fucking virgin. Um, <laughs> so what I'm saying here is that this movie is a goddamn classic, and I love Hocus Pocus. Did um, you know there's a... that it was written by Mick Garris? Shut up. <laughs> what? He, he came up with the original spec. What? This was... He didn't write the final draft of the screenplay, but the story is by Mick Garris. That is the guy who created the Showtime series Masters of Horror. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the guy who had the dinner party with all the horror directors where they were all swapping stories and he came up with the fucking hook for Masters of Horror was like, he, holy shit. Well, that Did is just fucking insane. Did you know that it was co-written by David Kirchner, who we know is the producer of Child's Play and Frailty? Holy shit. So that's So you so know the guy that does all the all the child's play movies and Mick Garris made <laughs> the story for Hocus Pocus. And was like, alright, these witches fuck. They definitely fuck. And not also, only do they fuck, there's a scene in now not only do they fuck, they are on some Satan shit as well. Because there's one bit it's like Halloween night, it's all the kids trick-or-treating, and the witches are like sort of creeping around like Hannah Barbera ghouls, like doing the big creepy arms. And they this do dude that dressed creep shuffle. Yeah. Yeah, like creeper, like where they're doing the big arms. Yeah. Uh and they come across this guy who's like dressed up as like a big cartoon red devil and they're like master it's like whoa these witches fucking canonically worship satan yeah and he's like hey how's it hey that spooky buddies (laughs) (laughs) you could easily do a double feature of spooky buddies and hocus pocus uh and he's like hey and and, you know so they, they come in and hang out and there's one bit where they're like calling him master and he's clearly like turned on by this and it's like I, I don't know. I'm wondering how much of Mick Garris's original script ended up in the final product of Hocus Pocus. <laughs> it's fuck me, man. It's incredible. Um, so Billy Butcher, who's like played by Doug Jones, there's one bit where he actually says like "Go to hell" to to Winifred Sanderson, and she's like, "I've totally been to hell," and I thought it ruled. And it's just like, I there's some kind of magic on this movie that I feel like kind of can't be replicated because. There are like a million bad Disney Channel Halloween movies and assorted like yeah, like Spooky Buddies is basically the same thing as this but worse and I don't know yeah. what it is about there's an intangible quality about Hocus Pocus that makes this movie great. I think it's that 1992 stink on it. Yeah, like yeah, that could be it. And, and, and I, I I want to I want to believe Mulder that it's not our nostalgia. <laughs> Because right. you are proof I, that, like, you just watched it, and you're like, shit, yeah. But you also have 1992 yeah. nostalgia. But I certainly... Listen, if you've had a rat tail at any point, you probably like Hocus Pocus. The most traumatic part of my life was in kindergarten. My classmate's rat tail got ripped out of the back of his head. Ooh, how did that happen? So... As an adult, I have relived this memory, you know, every night in my my waking nightmares. (laughs) But I think it was a weave. Oh, boy. That that makes the most sense, is that because he showed up one day and was like, guys, check out my rat tail. And And somebody snatched him? Well, yeah, he had like a, a high top fade, but also a rat tail, and someone, like, Power. snatched the shit out of it and, like, ripped it off his head. Shit, so he had, like, the kitten play big geometric fade. But and also, also a rat a small... tail. <laughs> also a rat tail. Yeah, so, like, dope as oh. shit. But imagine yeah, power. being a child and not understanding that not everyone's hair is uh, rooted in their scalp. And um, seeing that being ripped off of a person. <laughs> 
And being made suddenly very acutely aware of the fragility of different parts of your body that can just be ripped the fuck off at some point. Yes, yes. The violation of the body as whole as a kindergartner watching a guy's rat tail being ripped off. <laughs> Fucking rat tail body horror. Um, so really, Why so, is there not right. more rat tail body horror? There should be. I feel like we need to have our like big cultural national reckoning with rat tails. I think we all need to talk about it. We all need to process it. We've, we've buried it for far too long. And it's just been in the American subconscious that there was a point at which everybody had fucking rat tails. And that was just the way things were, you know? And, like, all that was needed for the rat tail to prosper was for everyone in 1992 to do nothing. And that's a lesson I think we can all uh, really take home with us. Um, so where, where, all right, so let's start out hot out of the gate. I feel like this is easily in the top 100 movies on the list. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Doug mm-hmm. Jones, better performance as Billy Butcher or the fish <laughs> in the shape of water? So the fish that fucks or the witch or the witch that fucks? Yeah. That's, that's the primary, that's the, the conflict between these. Oh, it grieves me to say it. Although, actually, all right. You know what? I'll fucking, I'll fucking do it. For what both of them were doing, for The Shape of Water being a, a love story about um, a fishman, and for Hocus Pocus being a weirdly mature kids movie about some Halloween shit, there's a legitimate question there. I actually don't know which one is better at what it's doing. So I would argue for watchability... So here's mm-hmm. the thing. Um, the Shape of Water makes some, like, important cultural commentary. But uh, goddamn it, Hocus Pocus is just fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, maybe... Although, here's the... Th- you know you know what, though? I, I love Shape of Water a lot. But I feel like it has some things to say about the stuff that it's playing around with. But a lot of the stuff in there, aside from maybe we all want to fuck a monster sometimes... I feel like it doesn't actually say a whole lot about homophobia or racism or misogyny. Yeah. Um, aside from all of those things are bad, which you're kind of preaching to the choir. Like, if I'm if you're watching a movie about the fish fucking, probably you've gotten on board with misogyny bad. Underline, underline. Uh, and I feel like um, Shape of Water just kind of peppers a lot of stuff in there where it's like, yeah, it's the olden days, so racism. And you're like, def- definitely racism. Uh, what about the racism? Oh, no, just, you know, it's there. And you're like, oh, okay, so you're going to challenge the race? No, okay, so, no, it's just Michael Shannon is a bad man, and, and we're just going to leave it there. Where Hocus Pocus, um, I feel like it presents the thing of the Salem witch trials and does not linger on, like, you know, maybe everybody was innocent in the Salem witch trials, and they're like, no, they were definitely witches, they were eating children, and they deserved to fucking roast. Um, and it... Uh, I feel like it's not interested in making commentary on those things, and it's more obvious about it, where Shape of Water is sort of like, look, Guillermo, we all love your Creature from the Black Lagoon smut, but let's not bullshit ourselves about the great statement you're making about it. Yeah, we know this is just Abe Sapien. Uh, this is just an Abe Sapien fan film, and you're mad that you lost the rights to help. <laughs> <laughs> and we all support that. We all, we all appreciate it. Um, man, I... Are we about to put Hocus Pocus above The Shape of Water? I mean, I don't think it goes above Poltergeist. I think that's oh, no. too high. But I completely agree. 26, I think, is respectable. <laughs> now, if we do that, that means it's better than Hereditary. Oh, you know what? Actually, yeah, yeah, come at me. I think Hocus Pocus is better than Hereditary. I think, it's a, I, think it's, I think it's a more cohesive movie that more effectively does the thing it sets out to do. Um, yeah, and I think... I think Hereditary, yeah. And I think it's better oh, than Kevin in the Woods because um, I think it's making a <laughs> statement on its own and not... Like, it is definitely commentary on pre-existing media, but it's not just meta-commentary. It's new Oh, for commentary. sure. Well, and also, um, I feel like Hocus Pocus, now, maybe it's just, I, and like you said, maybe it's a nostalgia thing, but I feel like for a time and a place and, you know, a, a, a milieu, right, for, um, sp- you know, and, and I hate to use this word, uh, because it's going to date me, spoopy. 
this movie is spoopy, by which I mean, I'm thinking of this Tumblr post where somebody was like, y'all are on real fucking thin ice saying spoopy out here in 2018, and somebody responded with like, look, if you have another word to describe fun and whimsical, yet ultimately non-threatening Halloween-flavored shit, I would love to hear it. And that is um, the, as far as I'm concerned, that is all I want Halloween to be. Um, Absolutely. Like, the, the rest of the year we're out here watching, like, <laughs> snuff films. Please just give me the lighthearted Give me 30 Halloween days show. of lighthearted fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, come February we will be watching a Serbian film for this goddamn podcast because this is what we've decided to do with our life. But, yeah, in terms of, like, visual things that make me feel like Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo sounds, <laughs> fuck yeah. Hocus Pocus. So, do you want to put it as number 26 then, right above Shape of Water? <laughs> yes. Absolutely, I do. So, yeah, so coming in at our new number 26, above Shaun of the Dead, uh, Predator, American Psycho, sorry, Christina. Um, the Lost Boys. Hocus Pocus. The Lost Boys. Are you kidding me? Yeah, sorry. We, yeah. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> fucking Were you hit with a comic <laughs> frying pan just now? <laughs> No, that was actually Tinkerbell's food bowl, but it does sound like I got hit with a cartoon frying pan. <laughs> also, she just said from behind me in the Christian Bale uh, Terminator Salvation meltdown voice, you and me, man, we're fucking done professionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. So yeah, so 26, Hocus Pocus, 1992. So, fuck, yeah. so, um, so a, a, very, a very different movie and a very different kind of movie. Let's, fuck's sake... Let's talk about Rob Zombie's 31. Scroll to the bottom of the list. Bottom of the goddamn list. So, Quincy, how far did you make it in the movie 31? I turned the movie off after watching it multiple days in a row. Like, watching a scene and stopping because I had to do something else. Or just the common human decency of turning it off when my wife got home from from class just like yeah so i turned it off off when I, and i said no more i'm gonna watch twitches on d on the disney channel app when <laughs> they pull the tablecloth off the table and it's shot for shot rocky horror picture rocky show horror. and they've been eating a dead body for dinner yep yep yeah that's a good place to jump off uh, you could have also jumped off at one of the many uh, threats of sexual violence that pop up in this movie because Hi Rob Zombie. Um, you could have jumped off at, honestly, the first 15 minutes where it's the banter on the bus. All right, all right. So uh, for those of our listeners who might have had the good fortune not to see the movie 31 by Rob Zombie. Um, the, oh, by the way, centers... this is on our, um, this is only on Shudder, which is a sponsor of this show. Thanks, Shudder. Mm-hmm. Everything else Shudder has is wonderful. Oh, yeah, no, Shudder, get, get Shudder immediately and then don't watch 31. Or watch 31 and share my suffering, because if I watched it, then so shall you all. Uh, but the movie centers around a group of carnies, as it definitely existed back in the 1970s. And it's set in the 70s because Rob Zombie wants to kiss the 1970s directly on the mouth. Did you and... notice the loving zoom-in to Sherry Moon Zombie's bell-bottoms? Absolutely, because Sherry Moon Zombie, like, it's just, it's, it keeps trying to tell me, like, hey, hey, it's the 1970s. Did you know that it's the 1970s? Um, and so it's a group of carnies who cannot stop talking about their dicks, who uh, get uh, kidnapped by um, this evil coterie of powdered wig and grease-painted fops, one of whom is Malcolm McDowell, who will do anything for money, and which is the thing I appreciate about Malcolm McDowell. And they have to, they're trapped in this giant labyrinth and they're hunted by um, hell Billy Rob Zombie, like redneck clowns, one of whom is a little person dressed like Adolf Hitler. And it's and speaking Spanish, I guess, because Argentina. Yeah, he's he speaks. He's a Spanish speaking little person dressed as Adolf Hitler who gets killed. And now the thing about 31 by Rob Zombie Aside from just it's very, 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 very bad, this movie opens with a monologue from Richard Brake, who, honestly, he's pretty good in this role. Like, I mean, obviously he's he not... He is. He just has no good material. That's what it is. It's like, I was really, honestly... he. So, Richard Brake is the best part of this movie. Like, he... 
does so much with the bad material he's given. And you can tell that, like, the opening monologue of this film, you, you, you can just picture Robert Zombert sitting at his MacBook, typing out this bad, bad, bad monologue, and going, yeah, this is it, man. This is the real good shit. And it's just very bad, because it's like Richard Brake, who's um, one of the, uh, the evil clowns that the fops hire to kill people for this game called 31, because Halloween, the 31st of October, get it? And he is delivering this monologue where he's like, blah, I'm gonna kill ya, you may think that I'm a clown, but I have no interest in amusing you, and etc, etc. It's not important. The important thing is... Do you think 31 was a placeholder? Like, there's a, if we open Bert Zerbert's laptop, it's gonna have a um, comment that says, replace later. Yeah, Bob Zob probably has just this document that's like 31, question mark, question mark. And now, the dialogue in this... Now, all right, and I am a, a defender of several Rob Zombie properties, right? I stand for Halloween 2 because I think it's outstanding. I really like Lords of Salem because it has a really cool vibe, and Cherry Moon Zombie turns in a really, really good performance, and it does some really cool stuff with, like, cinematography and sound, and I think it's really good. I... This is one of the worst things I've ever seen that was just like Rob Zombie now and this is a critique of Rob Zombie generally that I think is pretty valid which is that hellbilly shit where it's just every character is ugly hearted and crass and cruel and just disgusting and it's like look I get that that's what you're going for but why you I ah, I don't know I don't need to see this movie is the worst haunted house that you have ever gone to. Oh, it is the yes. Godsmack and strobe lights and rednecks <laughs> with chainsaws and it been and the proceeds benefit the Lions Club. Or like bikers who scare or something. Yeah. It is and and like what's such a bummer is of of all of the Roberties that I've seen, the the Rob Zombie <laughs> properties. He can make scary stuff, so I don't know why he's making basically a movie that's like what people that really like Rob Zombie movies would think is scary. Yeah. Which maybe that's good marketing, and I don't know shit, because he's given the people what they want. Right. But it's not of any value or artistic merit. No, I, there's like a couple of cool things about this movie and I can't even believe I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. But, um, so Malcolm McDowell is entertaining in his sleep. Like you can honestly, you can put Malcolm McDowell in anything and I'll probably at least stay awake for his bits. Um, him and rich, he and Richard Brake, and honestly, Sherry Moon zombie does a really good job with what she's given, which is her husband writing bad fanfic about his own work that she's starring in. Um, and the ending, I like the ambiguity of the ending, but I... Now, the movie ends with uh, Richard Brake. Uh, it's him and uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, and he's about to kill her, and he's monologuing again because he's Richard Brake. And then the problem is that the day is over, and the game of 31 is up, and it's like, all right, everybody put your weapons down. Uh, she gets to go free because you didn't kill her. And then so he, he like, hunts her down after she gets out, and pulls out his daggers, and it's them on a country road, sort of looking at each other. He grins at her, and then the credits roll. And now, it's garbage because it uh, Dream On by Aerosmith is playing in the background for whatever fucking reason. Oh, God damn it, Zombert. God damn it, Zombert. Like, I, there's, it's the one thing you can say about Rob Zombie. I think that's true is that he's he has a pretty good ear for songs that sound good closing out a movie. Like Halloween Two has that really cool haunting cover of Love Hurts. Obviously, Devil's Rejects, the best part of the fucking movie is the song Freebird over the death scene. But this was just like, fuck you. Get, like, fuck out of here with Dream On by Aerosmith. That it means nothing. It does nothing. I'm furious that I spent an hour and a half of my life watching this garbage. It is unforgivably bad. So, is it as bad as the Jurassic games? I feel like purely for Richard Brake's performance and for Malcolm McDowell makes me giggle and clap like a child, I want to put it above that, and I do also want to put it above Gremlin. 
Yeah, that's that's a singular. Thing. So what about Gasly's the um the Ghoulies fan fiction movie? Oh man, it's definitely oh, I can't even believe I'm gonna say this. It's definitely better than Gasly's. Um, <laughs> at least because so now we're in like real motion picture territory. We have Open Water, Cockface Three, mm-hmm. and Sleepaway and Sleepaway Camp. Camp. I now the transphobia. Here's oh fuck me, Quincy. I'm about to say something that I'm gonna hate myself for saying, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I like that this movie is kind of progressive in some of its casting choices, at least because. There's a scene in here where um, two fat black actors are fucking... Somebody walks in on them, and it's not played as a joke. It's not played as, like, a grotesque. It's just two fat people fucking, and it doesn't play that as being weird. It's just, like, them going, like, hey, get the fuck out of here. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like you're grabbing your gorilla mask while we're fucking. Yeah, like, so I appreciate, you know, it's weird. I can't... I hate myself for saying it, but 31 by Rob Zombie? Kind of body positive. Um, and there's a bit later on where, like, there's uh, an actor who, all right, all of the ghouls in this have, like, names with, like, hyphen head on them, so it's, like, Richard Brake is Doom Head, you've got Psycho Head, and then you've got one character named Sex Head, who is a middle-aged lady whose thing is that she's really hot, and she's, like, no spring chicken. Like, this is obviously an older actor who's allowed to be sort of a Harley Quinn, like, sexy murder character. And that's kind of cool. I'm kind of into that. Like, I, it's a garbage movie, and this actor deserves a better movie. But in terms of, like, body positivity and not being ageist and shitty, all right, Rob Zombie, you know, you, you, you nailed that at least, if nothing else in the movie 31. <laughs> so then how does that stack against a Dracula Untold? Uh, all right, so Dracula Untold has brown face. Yeah. Which is all right, which is worse? Brown face or the constant threat of sexual trauma? Which is worse, brown face or Sherry Moon zombie doing a weird patois about marijuana? Oof, man. Honestly, that that entire uh spiel about marijuana just immediately made me think like you've never smoked weed in your entire life. <laughs> you you have never been around even one weed at any point. Um between those two, all right. Friday night test. God damn it. I'm probably putting 31 above Dracula Untold. Now, above Dracula Untold is Premica. You know what? Premica, even aside from that one horribly transphobic scene in this movie, I feel like I would rather watch a movie about a haunted karaoke machine than Rob Zombie playing with action figures and going pew-pew in a room with himself. Okay, so 31 is number 301. Hey, that wasn't even intentional. I feel really good about that. Um, Goddamn, that was... I do, Quincy, I do not blame you for not getting through fucking 31. It's, it's the reason I am not optimistic about Three from Hell by Rob Zombie coming out. Yeah, it's not, uh, it does not bode well. No, at least as regards, like, oh, the same characters you've already done two movies about that died in Devil's Rejects, and we're still dumpster diving in our own, oh, okay, all right, that's, all right, I mean, Lords of Salem was cool, but sure, write bad fanfic about your own work. Um, Speaking of bad fanfic, can we talk about the last Halloween super quick? Oh, yeah, we can. So the last Halloween, the death of Michael Myers, is a fan movie that makes a that like ends the franchise, except it doesn't. <laughs> um, it's three minutes, and basically Michael Myers gets a heart attack because he's old. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the 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 most relentless killer of all was cardiac arrest. Um, he, he dies alone in the thing. And you've got, oddly enough, this video brags about, like, the guy that played the voice of Dr. Loomis in Halloween H2O. He's doing the Sam Loomis voiceover in this three-minute fan film thing. And it's... Yeah, it's got annotations on YouTube, which is really a weird choice. If you have to annotate your movie, it's not a good movie. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's, it's very bad. And it's, yeah, it's like pop-up video that features, like, all right, so this guy. And it's basically Michael Myers, like, his internal monologue, which sounds like Sam Loomis, feeling guilty about killing people. 
or something where it's like you thought that killing all those people could make the pain go away michael but it, it didn't and now you're really old and here's a heart attack and he just sort of like falls over and dies and it's like okay and then this dude walks in in a clown mask and 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 i think that's like the canonical that's why we can have new halloween movies is because he's taking on the mantle right 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 it's not michael myers anymore it's uh, uh some rando jamoke who walks in with his own mask on by the way so he didn't need a mask he was just like oh shit i i guess i'm upgrading to a michael myers mask uh, and the annotation... I mean, it's just like any time you play uh, shoot 'em up and you're like, oh, sweet, I can get the guard's gun. <laughs> yeah, this is when that new cosmetic DLC drops and you're like, oh, shit, I can be Michael Myers now. Um, and the annotation on YouTube is just like, please don't ask me who this guy is. He's not supposed to be anyone in particular. Like, what are, you, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't... Oh, okay. So, yeah, so the death of Michael Myers. Who was the... Uh, where, Quincy, where did you find this? I found this from the Halloween wiki. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And it was just like, here's one interpretation of how Michael could Because die. of all of the canon discussion of continuity, this is one of the things that is referenced in Halloween continuity. That's incredible. Wait, this gets brought up as an alternate continuity for Halloween? Yes, people will say, well, this is canon, is that in the fe- in the timeline where he kills all of his brothers and sisters, he just gives up. Yo, this is... Oh, I know how, where... Yeah, so it's, it's also talking about the Thorn Cult. Right. That... According to the Thorn Cult timeline, he wouldn't be able to live if he if he fulfills his duty. So this like reiterates the Thorn Cult. Fuck me. You know what this is? The guy that made this uh, video is probably like the Halloween Wiki admin, and he's just like, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, know, some, just, like... some say that the uh, the last Halloween parentheses the death of Michael Myers is another alternate continuity, and it's like fuck fuck out of here. This is this is some dude on a week like on a, on a week night. In a in a in a, a boiler room somewhere with a with a handy cam like bro I'm Michael Myers and anyway so um do, do you want to rank it yeah <laughs> um it is it the worst thing you've ever seen it's, it's definitely it was a it was a cool three minutes you know um the guy did a pretty <laughs> good Donald Pleasance impersonation. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, so good, he was cast I mean, prof- in H2O. Professionally, he has, yeah, so he fucking better. Um, honestly, this is better than I Frankenstein, I think. <laughs> no fucking no, way. No, no, no. Um, all right, so it is better than Luna Daniel. Really? Yeah, because it's at least it's it's only three minutes long, and it's... It's forgettable and kind of doofy in a way that Luna Daniel makes me angry that I watch that. Yeah, but it's not as good as the Jurassic game. <laughs> no, yeah, it lacks the uh, the social commentary of the Jurassic games. It is Michael Myers has a heart attack alone and then dies. Um, okay, so that's number 318. Yeah, number 318, the last Halloween parentheses, the death of Michael Myers. Guys, you can find this on YouTube um, for free. Uh, please, please go watch it. Go watch yeah. it. Bump this guy's... Um, uh, it's over like 2 million uh, views, which is just incredible um so yeah so uh quincy where can our listeners find us on the internet we can be found at a ton of different places if you would like to submit a listener request you can hit up our tumblr rankandvile.tumblr.com and put that movie in our ask box if you want to shoot us an email if you want to advertise or say hi or suggest a movie or give us any kind of feedback or if you want to give us some free stuff to review, um, that's rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us about, uh, why don't you tell our listeners about our other um, accounts? Uh, so we are on uh, Twitter, obviously, constantly shitposting at rankandvilecast. Uh, we are on Instagram at justrankandvile and on Tumblr at justrankandvile. Uh, we are on Stitcher. We are not on SoundCloud. We are uh, on a whole bunch of places. iTunes, if you have uh, a movie that you would like us to talk about um we've got a couple that we uh, hadn't gotten to to today because we had to talk about motherfucking hocus pocus um but if you uh, have any movies that you are desperate for us to talk about like if you're like hey you guys haven't done Pumpkinhead 2 blood wings you're gonna want to send specifically Pumpkinhead 2 blood wings no or, or any movie that you want to our ask box on tumblr uh, at rank and vile uh, or you're gonna want to send it uh, to our email address which is uh, rank and vile cast at gmail.com. 
Uh, we also have a YouTube account where we have a couple of compilation uh, playlists up of like uh, tie-in raps for different horror movies. We've, um, we're adding a little bit more to that. We have a letterboxed at uh, Just Rank and Vile where we have uh, our whole list and then also a couple of other things. Yeah, we are brought to you this week by Lapel Yeah. They just did a restock of their Chris Wolf uh, enamel pins. Yeah. Ryan, you've met Chris Wolf. Uh, what's it like to be in her uh, lupine majesty? Uh, honestly, meeting Chris, like being in per- like meeting Chris Wolf is uh, honestly one of the best moments of my entire life because instantly you make eye contact with Chris Wolf and she's got that huge grin and also she is a literal wolf and you're like, it's all going to be okay. So you can get your own Chris Wolf pin at lapelia.com and use the code rank and file and you get a discount and they see that we sent you and that helps us out too. Yeah, Chris Wolf who will fight a child because she likes delicious meat. Um, but barring that, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Stay spooky and stay safe and um, wear reflective costumes. Wear, that's actually our, our show motto now is wear reflective costumes. <laughs> Happy Halloween, folks. <laughs>